Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. EIG is the one responsible for bringing you Milwaukee's philanthropic radio show in an effort to shine a light on some great organizations that are doing great things in our community. Today we're going to talk about honor, dedication, and courage, which are great virtues for anyone to have. It's been said that courage is the ladder on which all other virtues mount. But unfortunately, some people who have displayed honor and courage and dedication have also experienced fear, intense depression, and isolation. So today we're going to talk with two nonprofits that are working to help individuals dealing with life challenges live a life of freedom, physically and emotionally, and really live the healthy, fulfilling life they deserve. My first guest today is Fiona Murphy, Director of Development at Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin. Now, Fiona, you were referred to me by Jeff Ellenbecker, who leads a special interest group in our education center called United Veterans Group. And they help bring veterans and first responders together to share information and education on all the resources that are available. And Jeff knows about the great work that you do, and he wanted others to know about it as well. So thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, Jill, for giving me the opportunity to be here, to Jeff and your whole team as well, and for anyone listening to uh, find out more about what's happening in our veterans' lives and what we're all doing to support them as a community. Well, we're anxious to hear. I understand there's some great things going on. So Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin is helping our wonderful veteran population deal with some of these life challenges like that fear and depression and isolation. So share with us how it got its start and how you became involved. Well, it got its start back in 2013 in in a kind of unusual way. A gentleman by the name of Jeff Gustin, who was not a veteran but who had a son who was, noticed that a lot of his son's friends after they came back from service didn't have enough to eat or didn't have furniture when they would finally get an apartment they could move into. So he pretty much just opened up his garage and started taking donations and then having friends move those things into people's houses uh, and provide any services that they could that the veterans needed. That quickly started to escalate because the need truly is so great out there. Pretty soon, he managed to get a warehouse over uh, in Racine on Northwestern Avenue, and it built up from there. So by the time I met them in 2015, I walked into this big space and saw all of this furniture and it was arranged in all of these groupings by color and with vases and pillows and I remember saying to the young man who was also a serviceman who was showing me around you know this is actually lovely for for a place that's in the back of an industrial industrial complex and it was at this moment that I really understood that what was being created at Veterans Outreach was something different because he turned to me and he said you know We get people who are at their lowest and most vulnerable, and we want them to walk in here and be treated with the dignity they deserve. We don't want them to feel like they're coming in for a handout. We want them to walk in here and feel as if they're going into any other showroom to choose furniture for their families. And that's really a big part of what still carries us through today is we want all of our veterans who come in to be treated with the dignity they do deserve. Rightly so, yeah. So then how did you become the director of development then? Well, it's I loved volunteering there for years. And as things started to um, 
branch out and we started to add services uh, last July. We had some things that, that we'll be talking about a little later coming up that are pretty exciting. And it suddenly was one of those things where sleeves needed to get rolled up and more hands on deck because we have some big plans in store. So that's when I uh, kind of jumped over from volunteer to director of development. Wonderful. Well, then tell us, what are some of the ways that you actually help the veterans? Well, we have in our Racine project right now uh, what what is being rebranded as a veterans market. And in Racine, we serve all, over 400 veterans who are experiencing food insecurity. It's, it's quite a long road from those garage days when a few boxes of food mm-hmm. were being handed out. Now we have those over 400 veterans. We also include any of their family members who are dependents in their household, children, or maybe they're older veterans who have young adult children walk, move back in with them or grandchildren move back in with them. And we have a veterans market that is now expanding across the street, which is meant to kind of be an invitation to Come on in and be with people that you identi- in whom you identify yourself as going through the same kinds of struggles. And while you're in here, let's talk about things like, you know, access to benefits and facilitating help with job skills, financial literacy courses. Um, we even do things like health and wellness, hobbies, uh, yoga, meditation, guitar oh, wow. classes. Okay. It's really important, I think, to meet people who are in crisis at the point that they're at and really wrap services and resources around them to truly restore somebody. And and you also collaborate with some organizations, right, in Racine, right, to provide these different services? We do. For example, United Way is a wonderful partner who comes in and uh, does these financial literacy classes. And so for some of the residents that we have in our Racine Location: The average credit, cor- credit score increase over the last four months was 307 points. Wow. Which is a really, really big difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and starts to open a lot more doors from pe- for people. We, we find that, you know, when you have partners who come in, you take men and women who go from a point of not even having people meet them in the eye. Um, and look away from them to suddenly finding themselves surrounded by resources and community members who care about them right. and are are helping them either um, uh, bring back skills they had forgotten they had or teach them new skills and open up a lot of dreams for them again. Yeah, and and say, I see you. I, I exactly. recognize you. I know you're here. And if you need any kind of help, we're here to assist you. Absolutely. You are yeah. You are not alone is a really, really strong message. And one of the things um, a researcher, Brene Brown out of Houston, says the most important words in times of struggle are me too. Mm. It's hearing someone say, I'm going through that too, someone in whom you recognize your own problems. It really helps kind of dust away the shame and let you kind of just start to fill up your lungs with oxygen again so you can step forward into the next chapter in your life. Mm, that's great. That's great. Well, who then qualifies for the outreach? You had said that, you know, there's the, the servicemen and women, their families. I mean, is there anything that they specifically have to provide you? 
Well, you know, th that's that's both a, a quick question on our end, and it's a more interesting question for audience members I hope to take with them going forward from this. The, the quickest question to that is, if you would like access to our food services through our veterans market, you simply have to have taken the oath and put on a uniform at some point in your life. That might just mean three months of basic training. It's important for people to hear that because there are a lot of veterans who don't realize that the help is out there. Maybe they didn't do a tour overseas. Maybe they weren't stationed somewhere for a few years. So they don't realize in times when they need it most that they still qualify for a lot of services and resources through organi organizations like ours. There should never be a no told to somebody when they come to us. If we can't help them, we have some great partners like CVI, who will be speaking in a little bit, like VetsNet, uh, who can really hook them up with other organizations who can help them. And I think that's really important for people to understand. You, if you took the oath, or if you care about someone who did, please realize that there's a lot more help out there, and we all need to better understand who qualifies as a veteran. Okay. All right. Well, I understand through our conversations we've had in the past that you have some exciting projects underway right now. You want to talk to us about that? Well, we do. Well, I would say, you know, some people know us for our tiny homes in Racine. We do have 15 tiny homes in Racine. And in the two, just over two years that they've been open, we've successfully graduated 11 of our residents to homes of their own. Uh, and all of that is a huge testament to the power of our community because we're not federally funded. We are completely community funded. And having heard about that success, Mayor Barrett decided to come and pay us a visit last July with his team. And we are so excited to say that not only did Mayor Barrett asked us to ask us to come up to Milwaukee, but the city of Milwaukee, the Common Council, not only fully voted a big yes for our project, they asked to co-sponsor it, and we are now opening a village of 42 tiny homes in Milwaukee. Wow. It's going to be huge. You know, the Milwaukee Center for uh, the Homeless Veterans Initiative, their figures say that between two and 300 veterans are on the street any given day in Milwaukee. Another mm -hmm. 5,600 are at imminent risk of homelessness, a paycheck or two away. So thanks to having great partners like CVI, we have full confidence that we're going to be able to really wrap a lot of, uh, lot of care and compassion around those veterans and give them homes of their own. Well, I, I'd like to actually take some time to talk specifically about this shelter that you provide, this the tiny homes. This is not HGTV type of thing, right, you know, that, that people might, might think uh, that they know something about. But we're actually going to take a quick break, and when we get back, uh, we'll talk more about it. You know, we've talked about the homeless situation in Milwaukee, and, and we interviewed a number of nonprofits serving the homeless on the show. And we understand that trauma can play a role in this cycle of homelessness. So we're going to also talk about that when we return. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Fiona Murphy, Director of Development of Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin. So I want to talk a little bit more about this Tiny Homes Project because it's such a cool concept. So 
why did you choose this as a model? Well, there was a lot of intentionality that went into it. We wanted veterans to have pride of ownership. Instead of being the third door down on the left, it would be, here's your own home, here's a key. It's your own private space. Um, we then have a community center that serves an, as an extension of the tiny home so that your living room, your kitchen, your shower, all of these other facilities are big and beautiful in there. But when you just want to be alone, when the trauma is really around you and you want your own space and you don't want to have noises on either side of you, you have your, your own home to go to and it's uniquely and distinctly yours. Okay. So... Walk us through then what a day in the upcoming Gary Wetzel Veterans Village looks like. All right. I, mean, I think people may have may not have a totally uh, correct view of what this looks like. So paint paint the picture for us. Okay. Well, you aren't. You know, it's not that far off to think of kind of a version of an HGTV tiny home. In fact, Zach Giffen of of the TV show Tiny House Nation has been a big part originally in some of our first Racine homes. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah. They're, they're lovely. The village in Milwaukee is going to have homes that are about 220 square feet with a toilet and a shower, um, a living area, a microwave, a little refrigerator, Keurig maker, uh, upstairs, uh, you know, above a little staircase will be a bed, also ADA compliant. There will also be units that have lower beds. And it's going to share its own private porch with another unit. It will, you know, one of the things I think is really important for this too is it's going to be designed with trauma-informed design in mind. And what that means is, again, with intentional choices, in, we're going to choose colors, blues, greens on the exteriors and in the interiors, warm colors, non-fluorescent lighting, things that are shown to reduce anxiety, reduce trauma, uh, reduce stress in in anybody who is experiencing trauma. And after you wake up in your beautiful home, you then will be able to have at your disposal the community center, almost 10,000 square feet actually, where several organizations, a big part of whom will be CVI, uh, will be providing those veterans with services on site. There will also be transportation options to take you to a job, job skill resources to train you in a job. There will be facilitation of uh, reconnecting you to your benefits. Many people do not realize they have them, uh, so we'll we'll do a lot with setting that up. There will be wonderful wellness classes. It's all part of really restoring a person who is feeling is feeling pretty shut down yeah. um, in a way that is individual in its uh, in its treatment. It's you can't fix everybody with the same thing. Right. It's treating each individual veteran male or female, uh, with the unique menu that he or she needs to become the person that they were and that they can be. Yeah, and you don't want them to be isolated in these homes. That's why you have this this larger center where Absolutely. a lot of... Absolutely, and and that's a big part of it too. Is in having the um, all of the resources in this building on their own time, on their own schedule, they can walk in for connection, and that's where the real healing of trauma can come. They can have solitude when they need it in their home, but then they have people around them during the day as well to really bring them back into the community. 
So, so talk about this trauma then. What, what role does that play in this cycle of homelessness that you're trying to help make better, right? Well, the brain is such a beautiful and powerful thing. It protects us and it does everything it can in our moments of greatest vulnerability to keep us off our knees and keep us functioning. But in order to do that, it has to pretty much reallocate resources from other functions. And that's a big reason why when you uh, see see people in a cycle of homelessness, they've lost executive functioning or the ability to plan ahead because their brain has kind of said, listen, what we need to focus on right now is where are you going to sleep tonight in this cold? Where will you get your next meal? Let's put all of our resources towards that. So you stop planning uh, or having the ability even to plan or to strategize, to have self-motivation, impulse control. There's a whole range of things that suffer when you are so focused on survival. That's not just for the veteran population, obviously. I think many of us go through that in our own lives, whether you have a teenager with clinical anxiety, you might suffer from depression. Uh, PTSD is very common in long-term caregivers, and it's all a part of the brain saying, you've got a lot going on right now, so I'm kind of going to push the pause button so you can focus on the most important things. And then sometimes that pause button gets stuck. And you're so focused on the survival that all the other things fall away. So when we create a an environment like this, we're welcoming people back in and we're saying, listen, we're going to take care of where you're going to eat and what you're going to eat. And it's going to be wonderful. And we're going to help you relearn how to cook. Or if you don't know, we'll help teach you. You're going to have friends around you doing it. We're going to take care of where you're going to sleep tonight. You've got this great porch and you've got a chair and why don't you go out there and, you know, read a book? Do you like to listen to music? Let us take care of your survival and that way you can once again start to dream again and start to explore who you want to be in this next life, in this next chapter of your life. And that's a... a, a great credit, I think, to the services CVI is going to describe to you. That's that's a big part of this because the roof is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is really homeless recovery and trauma recovery. And we can't do that just by building some houses. We need a community around us to help well, facilitate and, that. And that would be what I'm curious about. How, how can our community then work to address specifically this issue of homelessness? Well, I I think one of the things that we need to, you know, be all talking about is taking away the stigmatization uh, and the shame involved in any kind of mental health issue. We need to be having those conversations amongst ourselves. And when it comes to a project like ours, we would love as we build and, and open our doors to find out services that maybe people would love to come in and volunteer to teach crafting classes. That's a big hit down in Racine. Uh, Lots of hobby classes. It's about so much more than just holding a guitar in your hand. It's about people who are used to not having their gaze met when they pass someone on the street. Instead, sit in a chair and see Members of the community walk in the door excited to see them, excited to bring them a meal, excited to have a chat with them, remember their names even, uh, and really solidify that feeling that they are not alone. The community is going to be a very big part in that. Uh, And 
And to be honest, the community will always also be a big part in helping us build this village. We uh, we are building 42 homes. Uh, each one is $25,000. So that's a great thing to think about if you are in communication with your financial advisor and you'd really like to create a legacy project, you can help us house a veteran. The community can also help us by going on to our Facebook page at Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin and sharing our information. We want people to really see what happens in a a development like this, in a village like this, with people who have challenges that they're going to recognize in their own lives. We want you to kind of look at it as a family album and get to know us and get to uh, feel like that invitation to walk in and see what's happening extends to you as well, as well as all of our veterans. Well, let uh, the listening audience know then how they can do that. Uh, Is there a phone number? Do they contact you directly? Who would they contact for information? Well, you're always welcome to go onto our website, which is vetsoutreachwi.us. You can email me if you're interested in a sponsorship of a tiny home. Please feel free to email me at development at vowvillages.com. I'd love to walk you through our Racine Village and see what we're doing down there. I'd also, again, say have a chat with your financial advisor or the people in your life you make financial decisions with and see if this is the type of thing that you'd be interested in investing in to help a veteran have a home of their own. And again, Facebook. I I always feel like one of my teenage daughters when I say, (laughs) you know, can you check out my Facebook page? But the reality... Facebook page. Well, thank you. But the reality is I... I really want people to look at our veterans and what's happening there and and realize it's a testament to the strength of spirit of our veterans and also the strength of spirit of the community that surrounds them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Fiona. You shared so many uh, good things today, a lot of things to go do some research on after the interview, right? Thank you for sharing your passion for helping veterans. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for having us. You are welcome. Well, we've spoken quite a bit about how important the resources wrapped around this this village can be in building a bridge to true homeless recovery. Our next guest will talk about what that collaboration will look like for the residents of the Veterans Outreach Village, as well as the great services available right now for veterans across Wisconsin who may be struggling. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. Our next guest today is Eduardo Garza Jr., president and CEO of CVI, which is the Center for Veterans Issues. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here and privileged to share our mission and share with the community what we're up to and how we serve our veterans. So thank you. I'm looking forward to it. You are welcome. In fact, Ed, you have, you're quite the decorated veteran. You know, first of all, thank you for your service. And secondly, congratulations on all your accomplishments. Uh, tell us your story. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to have the capability to serve my country. And uh, my story starts back in 1999 when I was a public school teacher. I still had a a dream to kind of follow in my dad's footsteps and serve in the military. As he was in the Navy, I joined the Navy Reserve. And after a few years of being in the Navy as an enlisted sailor, I had the opportunity to apply for an officer's commission and was able to be commissioned in uh, March of 2005 
through that time, it was it was very interesting transition from enlisted to officer rankings. But I, I took that challenge to heart because it was a matter of leading people and, and helping other uh, sailors kind of accomplish their goals through their time in the military. Um, as I got commissioned in 2005, I was really kind of put to the fire right away as I was involved with Hurricane Katrina and Rita recovery in August of 2005 as I was drilling out of New Orleans, Louisiana. And a lot of my uh, teammates, I would say, from my unit were displaced due to the hurricane. Oh, okay. And I was able to get into New Orleans five days after Hurricane Katrina, help locate them, coordinate their rescues or move them to safety, and then help them find jobs when they needed to work to support their families. And so shortly after that, um, I was able to go to Washington, D.C., and and serve with the Defense Intelligence Agency. And then shortly after that, I did a combat tour in Iraq for a year and came back and did recruiting, oddly enough, but it was very interesting. And then um, upon my retirement from the military, I started working at Concordia University, Wisconsin, and became the Executive Director for Veteran Services and Community Engagement, and loved that time while I was there serving the veterans and their families from the educational standpoint. And then there was a calling to come to CVI and um, serve as their next and third president and CEO for the organization. And here we are today, you know, doing what I've always wanted to do and and to give back to my fellow brothers and sisters and their families. Um, but it wasn't easy. So I had to kind of refine my purpose through that time. And now I understand that my purpose is to help them and still continue to serve in that kind of way. Yeah, and and we had the opportunity to meet uh, before this interview, and uh, um, you're you're quite humble in sharing what how you've been decorated, um, and maybe that maybe you're not allowed to share too much, um, but I think people suffice to say that um, Mr. Garzo that is in our presence is, is mm-hmm. to be well respected and uh, and honored. So. Um, thank you again. Um, you know firsthand then how trauma can affect your civilian life, you know, having experienced that yourself. You know, how does how does that position you and CVI in this mission to serve that you have? I, I think when we look at the makeup of our staff, majority of our staff are veterans themselves. Between males and females, we, a majority of our staff has served in the military, has served for a duration of years. And at one point or another have encountered or through themselves have experienced some things that have been very difficult. And so when we engage with those veterans who need our assistance, I'm comfortable to say that we can relate. We understand the processes that they may have been through. And our focus is to make sure we let them know, hey, look, when we say we've been there, we have been there. We've worked through those things not only personally but with others. And our purpose is just to guide them through that process to help them get to where they want to be, whether it be to feel better, move on to a different career, uh, get some help uh, along the way with counseling. We're very capable of providing that service or make that connection that will help them get to where they need to be. Because didn't you have like a year specifically where you underwent some really intense stuff? My, My year in Iraq was fairly intense. Uh, some of the things that we did and some of the things that I saw are are not normal everyday things that we see. Yeah. And so coming back was a tremendous transition for me. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll share, and I'm 
you know, I'm not ashamed of it, is that I thought I was okay. And thinking that I thought I was okay when I really wasn't, I was in denial of actually asking for help. Mm-hmm. And it took a little bit, and it took getting with some friends and, and people that I, I kind of came close to to say, hey, you know, Ed, I think you need to look into this and look into that. And they explained it to me. They talked to me about why. And so I, I took that to heart, and I had to ask for help. And right now at CVI, when a person comes to us, we thank them for asking for help. We tell them how strong of a person they are to do that. Mm-hmm. Because while it appears that it's a sign of weakness, it's actually a sign of strength. Oh, for sure. Because at what point do we help get ourselves better if we don't ask for help? Right. Yeah. And if we can surround ourselves with people who are willing to help us get to where we need to be, Hey, we're, we're, we're making a difference in our community just that alone. Yeah, and didn't you tell me that knowing the people that were helping you or that were instrumental in helping you had gone through some, maybe not the exact type of trauma, but they had, they kind of knew, they spoke from a place of uh, understanding. Absolutely. And, I'll give a big compliment to my old chief. when uh, He was the last chief that I served with, and he was kind of my right-hand guy. And when he told me, what he saw in me, I, I took that to heart because during 9-11, he was three blocks from when the Twin Towers fell. Mm-hmm. So he knows. He, he he saw it, and he's been there. And when he saw that in me and told me, hey, look, let's uh, let's work together on this. Yeah. He didn't leave me. He, he kind of held me by the hand, if you will, and took me where, we, where we, I needed to go. And at CVI, that's what we take great pride in. We, we will get them where they need to go, and they won't be by themselves. So whether that's um, uh, kind of probably something similar to the Veterans Outreach in terms of some of the services that you provide, right, in terms of, uh, you know, maybe food and, and uh, counseling and those types of things. But another part of your services is helping with that homeless recovery. Um, you know, statistics show that over 100,000 homeless veterans are on the street on any given night. And I think Fiona was saying that Milwaukee reports about two to 300. You know, we, we see them in various times of the year. Um, the big difference between summer and the winter times, obviously through the elements. But a big part is uh, veterans self-identifying themselves to want to get that help. And, and so, that I mean, that's a challenge because... We want to provide the assistance, but whether or not someone will tell us they're a veteran or not, it's through conversation. It's it's through being a, a, a person that cares about other people. Right. And and having that conversation for them to be comfortable, to let us know they're a veteran, and then to let us know they need assistance. And I think our programs within CVI do a very good job of addressing multiple needs ac- across the platform to make sure we get them to the right place at the right time. Okay. Well, what makes CBI unique then when it comes to this housing piece? You know, when you're when it comes to housing veterans, how why is CBI unique? Well, we we have the capability to serve all veterans. Um, there, there's a a perception that when military folks leave the service, that they're all eligible to go to the VA, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, some will get a discharge code that will not allow them to receive services at the VA. At CVI, we work very hard to be able to serve all the veterans who come to us looking for assistance. Whether we can't help them or for one reason don't qualify, at least we have partners 
across the spectrum that we can reach out to mm. that will still be in our network of resources that we can reach out and get them the help. Yeah. The other programs that we have are, are uh, supportive services for veteran families, our homeless veterans reintegration program, and then our troop cafe program. And, you know, we're looking to provide services and help those veterans with basic necessities that you would just take for granted, mm. but they need assistance. Just like, how do I translate my military resume to a civilian resume so I can be competitive for a job? Mm. You know, that's that's very difficult to do this day and age because our veterans are coming out and they have a tremendous amount of talent. How do we showcase that in civilian language? Military language, we would know every acronym and, and know how that works, but how do we translate that? Yeah. And we're here to help with that. And then our Troop Cafe program is very unique because not only is it a restaurant pub style uh, facility, but we provide culinary arts training and hospitality to veterans over an eight to 12 week period of time. And then when they're done, we've been very successful and having a hundred percent placement rate and helping them find jobs. Nice. You to, should tell people where this is located. So it's they can right come off visit. of uh, 3430 West Wisconsin, right at our Thomas H. Wynn uh, veterans manor, okay. right on the corner there of 35th and, uh, West Wisconsin, so we're very excited about that program. Well, you got to go check that out. But I think you had told me when uh, we met last time that a closed mouth does not get fed. You know, it's it's important to know and understand the many veteran organizations that we have in our area and what they can do to help. But unfortunately, there's only about six to eight of every twenty veterans that are actually asking for services. Why is that? You know, we'll discuss that more in the next segment. So hang tight, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. I'm the Director of Community Outreach. And Ed Garza, Jr. from the Center for Veterans Issues is joining me in the studio today. So even though we have some really great organizations available around town to help our veterans, less than half are actually taking advantage of them. Why Why is that? I think it, it kind of falls that the, the programs or the initiatives of self, themselves are not very accessible or they know what's out there for them. And uh, we talked a little bit um, previously about uh, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And we're in a position to help feed people, whether it be information, resources, services. Um, literally, and, literally, food. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, if I, if I use the words of my predecessor, Raider General Robert Cocroft, he said, I got mouths to feed. That's, that goes down to our staff. That goes down to the veterans we serve, to the community. We're in a position that we can help. And we take great pride in that and kind of leading by example in how we provide those services to help. But a lot of it is I don't think our veterans know really what's out there until they start asking questions and get to the right people that can lead them in the right way. Do you feel that perhaps they don't feel that they are worthy of the services that are provided? Yeah, I think there's some rules out there that really get people thinking a little bit different. As a reservist myself, how I served in the reserves, and then I ended 
my my career six years on active duty, the perception is, and I, and I've heard this from other folks that were in the National Guard or, or Reserve, that I'm not worthy of being a veteran because I never went anywhere mm. or I never did anything, and that's not true. Whenever your enlistment date or your officer commission date, you raise your right hand to serve and protect this country, yeah. and and. Our partners at Veterans Outreach Wisconsin and CVI and many others that too many to mention here value that, hey, you rose your you raised your hand to serve and no matter how much time you did or where you did it and how you did it, you wore that uniform and you're a veteran. We're going to honor you the same way mm. and you deserve that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what are some things going on that our community can rally behind CVI? In the future, well, and I think uh, a big part is our outreach and awareness, and sharing with people what we're doing. It can be on our website, or Facebook, but people want to help, and we have to do a better job of letting people know how they can help, mm. and sharing with them what our needs are and how, how we can go out and do this together. I'm not big on silos. I'm trying to break silos down and develop collaborations and partnerships with people so that we can all work together to solve the crisis of homelessness or at risk of homelessness or developing services and, and providing better programming to help mental wellness. We, we talk about PTSD, military sexual trauma, and a, a lot of other things that in, just keep people from being who they are. We want to focus on how do we rebuild them and get them to where they want to be. And through our programs and collaborations, like with um, Fiona and with Jeff Gustin over at Veterans Outreach Wisconsin, we're working together to actually serve the vets. The vets may go to Veterans Outreach and be at the, the new Gary Wetzel home or down in Racine. But through our programming, like our job club, we can prepare them for jobs. And when they're ready to graduate from their program, they can come to us and we can help them find permanent supportive housing. And that's an example of how we're working together to take care of veterans. Yeah. That's our jobs. That, that's our mission. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that people understand how important that collaborative piece is because not one organization can do it all. And if there's some overlap in services, fine. But if if outreach services does a, you know, a real fine job in one area and CVI can utilize that or send the veterans over there as a resource, you, ultimately you're providing the best for the, the people that you serve. And, and, I'll, and I'll jump in for just one second to say, because we do have such confidence in what Ed and his directors are doing, we aren't going to have an overlap because we're actually, and this is and this is pretty unusual and innovative for the country, we're actually going to be embedding CVI into our new village in that big community center. We're going to have office space so that CVI, CVI will be coming in each week to meet with our residents. It's really a locking arms of organizations to say we are going to surround you and take care of you and lift you back up to our veterans. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, there's no competition. It, it's it's good, healthy communication. Right. It's how do we move each other forward because our clients are the veterans and their families. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we make sure that they're taken care of. So we communicate regularly so that we, we don't step on each other's toes. We value our strengths that we bring to the table in each organization. Mm-hmm. And where we, we, we are weak, we get together and make that stronger. 
Yes, that's how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Yeah. Completely so now agree. we understand that the the nonprofit organizations are stepping up and doing great things uh, for our heroes. How can the community get involved in helping our nation's heroes? What can the community do in terms of maybe volunteering with CVI or um, donations or, you know, what what are some things that you would like for the community to do to help you? I think it's important first that whatever gift is given is a blessing to, to serve the vets and their families. But I also think we can talk about that as much as we want to, but I really encourage people to give us a call or call Veterans Outreach Wisconsin and come see the facilities, come see the work that's being done. We have a Vets Manor not only in Milwaukee but in Green Bay. We have permanent supportive, those are our permanent supportive housing. Come see our transitional house where the vets intake and come and start staying there and start working through the programs that we have. We have, you know, down in uh, apartments down in Vets Garden, College Avenue area. And we have offices across 54 counties that are dedicated to serving veterans and their families. We would encourage people to come by and schedule a visit. And we're happy to show a day in the life of CVI, if you will, and, sure. how, and how that works. And, and we've got great partners, I mean, including the VA, Home Depot, Potawatomi, the Bader Philanthropies Foundation, um, Harley-Davidson, the city of Milwaukee. I mean, we could not do what we do without great partners like that. Yeah. And for them to be vested into us, um, we want to showcase what we're doing. Sure. And we encourage you know, our, our community Come take a look. Go check it out. Go check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Lots of things, great things going on, right? And That's we really wanted them. to make sure to highlight you guys because you're doing some really great things. Ed, I'm, I'm, I wanted to ask you to share with our listeners, you know, if there's a veteran listening, what do you want to say to them? You know, having been there yourself, uh, what words would you like to share with our veterans who may be listening? Well, for all of our veterans and active duty, um, our reservists, National Guard, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your dedication to our great nation. And and thank you for serving in our communities because National Guards and reservists are a dual citizen. They're working as a civilian and they're working in the military. So that's a tough job to do. I've I've been there. It's very difficult. It's not necessarily one week a month, two two weeks a year. It's a lot more. Um, And so thank you to start off. And two, if, if you're feeling a certain way, um, it's okay to ask for help. It took me a little while to realize that myself, but I needed to do it. And I learned that it was a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. And so I would encourage those to, who, who need a little extra love and support at CVI, and I'm sure I can speak for Veterans Outreach Wisconsin, if you need it and, and you need some help, don't hesitate to give us a call. We're going to show you that same love and attention that we once got when, when we asked for help. And we're going to work through this together. We're going to get you where you need to be and make sure that if you need some services, we're going to hand walk you where you need to go and make sure you're not alone to do that. And so we're, we're standing by. We're ready uh, for anyone that wants to come over, come visit with us. I know our teammates at Veterans Outreach Wisconsin are doing the same thing. they got great supporters as well. And as a community, you know, we can work together to try to make life a little better for our veterans and our families. I appreciate the passion that you both have on serving our veteran community and, you know, bringing awareness to the importance of speaking up and finding help, right? 
Um, so once again, just um, let people know how they can get a hold of you, Ed, or CBI. They can uh, go to our website. We've got a, a lot of activities that are coming up this year. Please check out our website for all the information and the dates. Um, Facebook, you know, seems to be the way to go and providing information. You know, we also have a LinkedIn and, and Twitter accounts. But our, our website is the best way. Best way, yeah. And if you want to schedule a tour, call our main office line and we can get that taken care of. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you, Ed Garza Jr. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. I also want to mention again that if you're a veteran or a first responder and you want to learn more about resources that are available, come to the United Veterans Group. Uh, it meets the fourth Monday of every month at our Pewaukee office in our education center. And if you want more information about that, you can reach out directly to Jeff Ellen Becker by calling our office at 262-691-3200. If you'd like further information about either of the organizations we talked to today or you would like to be considered as a guest for the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or, again, you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Listen to the show on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on AM 1130 or newstalk1130.com on your laptop or tablet or you can download the iHeartRadio app on your phones. You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com to see the list of previously aired interviews. We're also really excited to share that we've gone global by making our podcasts available on demand with Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. So now the nonprofits that we've interviewed who have a global reach, they can listen as well. So join us next Sunday to learn more about some great people and some great nonprofits that are reaching out to others and making an impact in our community. Take some time to figure out how you can use your passion for a purpose and then find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.